In today's program, we've got a real loaded show. The Florida legislature has wrapped up its 2023 session. We're going to talk about some of the bills that passed and especially one that outlaws central bank digital currency in Florida. Second, fake Bud Light commercials are all the rage. Now that fake woman, Dylan Mulvaney, has destroyed the Budweiser brand. Third, the great communicator, Trump, did it again by spiking the ball at the recent CNN town hall. And finally, Fox News may go the way of bed, bath, and broke. All of this and Dictionary Wars on today's edition of Narrative Wars. I'm your host, Dr. Jeffrey K. Lyons. You don't want to miss this. We the people are sick and tired. Let's peel back the curtain of confusion to shed light upon the mainstream media madness. And now, Narrative Wars with your host, Jeffrey K. Lyons. We the people are sick and tired. So tired. Well, let's dive right into it. Now, Ron DeSantis has been signing bills lately, and one of the bills at the top of the list as the 2023 legislative session has now ended in Florida is that the state of Florida has made di- central bank digital currency the or the uh, CBDCs illegal in the state of Florida. Now, this is a fantastic bit of news for freedom lovers around the United States, and hopefully this is going to get shopped and it's going to get passed in multiple states. But let's start off with cut number one. Governor Ron DeSantis signed bills into law today that push back against the possibility of a federal central bank digital currency. Yeah, those laws also prevent credit card companies from tracking any sales of guns and ammunition. Our Alexis Cruz is here in the studio tonight to explain. Jim, Liz, one of the bills would prevent digital currency issued by the U.S. Federal Reserve or foreign governments from being treated as money under Florida's Uniform Commercial Code. President Joe Biden last year signed an executive order directing officials to examine the risks and benefits of cryptocurrencies. The order also asked for recommendations on a central bank digital currency. The currency would be similar to cryptocurrencies, but it would include differences such as the value being fixed by the Federal Reserve. DeSantis, who is widely expected to run for president in 2024 says the bill is designed to keep the federal government from deciding how people can use their money. Cash is king. Like when you have that, uh, you control your own destiny. If you're relying on some digital system and you have no other recourse and it's controlled by a central authority, you know, you're, you're, you're putting your, uh, your independence in their hands. Yeah, basically you're hosed if some other authority controls access to your money. Let's say that one day you try to access your checking account, your savings account, and you're not allowed to. Oh, no, it's because you downloaded Tucker Carlson or some other independent thinker off the internet, and we just don't approve of that sort of thing. So this is great news for uh, freedom-loving Americans. This is great news for those patriots out there that are, of course, listening to this program and other similar programs that the state of Florida, 
uh, has stepped up. Now, keep in mind, you know, Ron DeSantis, uh, his name is always in the news, and, and that's fine. He's the one that has to sign these bills in order that they become law, although they could become law without him signing it, and uh, a bill can just uh, become law without a governor's signature. However, that being said, it takes a coordinated effort it, it, it has to go through the House. It has to go through the Senate in the state of Florida. There's a lot of work that has to uh, take place, committees, so on and so forth, public testimony, so on and so forth. I know this because I worked for four years in a state legislature. I've, I've seen how uh, the sausage is made. And so you really need to give credit to president of the Senate in the state of Florida and the, um, the House uh, leadership in the state of Florida. That being said, it's, it's interesting that, that the other piece in this, in this story was that they don't want credit card companies to be tracking your guns, your arms sales, your, your armament sales, that sort of thing. So what that means is they don't want the credit card companies to attach a code there. Now, there are different codes which uh, uh, separate your sales in terms of uh, food sales, uh, perhaps clothing, uh, in, in these larger categories, and that's fine. But they've never had a code that says, hey, this person is purchasing a firearm, this person is purchasing uh, munitions or things related to that, you know, a holster, a target, so on and so forth. So this is being pushed back around the country. Uh, some of the large credit card companies have felt that pushback already, but uh, they will continue. The, uh, the people that are against the Second Amendment are going to continue to do what they can in order to limit access uh, to arms and in order to constrain the Second Amendment in the United States of America. Well, let's continue with the discussion. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Now, yes, great news. Central bank digital currency banned in the state of Florida. Hopefully, this legislation will be shopped around to other red states around the country and that the legislative session for next year, for 2024, you're going to see a number of other states following the lead of what happened in the state of Florida. And remember, it's a tremendous amount of credit that goes to the lawmakers in the state of Florida. A lot of times we give governors way too much credit. Yes, they are the face of a state. They are a face of policy. But keep in mind, governors do not write laws. They can, they can submit legislation, yes. But then it has to go through all the appropriate committees. It has to go through the, the, the vetting and, and the, the public testimony, so on and so forth. And the only way that laws get passed is that they get moved through the process from committee to committee to committee, through the House, through the Senate, and they get moved through that process and governors do not do that. They never do that. They may make some phone calls when there's critical votes, they might help bring in votes. Yes, they may do that at certain critical junctures, but it is the leadership in both the House and the Senate, and then the House and the Senate working together that ultimately 
They are the ones that get bills passed, and they are the ones that deliver bills in some sort of final form on the desk of a governor to sign. Well, let's take a look. There's a number of other things. Abortion Florida will now ban most abortions at six weeks with some exceptions for rape and incest. Well, yeah, I would like to see abortion banned for everyone, but I'll take this because it means more lives are saved. It's interesting that uh, some of our, gee, it's right there in the history of our country. Look at Hamilton. Hamilton, who there's a play about him. Apparently, Hamilton, he was born out of wedlock, but he was able to rise in stature through meritocracy, not through aristocracy. We don't have titles and land and that sort of thing like in England. That's part of what we rebelled against. That's part of what we said, no, we don't want that. But he rose because he worked hard, because he served General Washington during the War for Independence And he rose, even though he was born out of wedlock. Uh, In terms of schools, schools will be restricted in how students and employees use non-binary pronouns in conversations. So, uh, the narrative wars in the public schools in Florida, they're saying that we're just not going to put up with this crap of the he, she, they, them, zee, zim, zooby, dooby, doo uh, is my pronoun. No, we're not going to put up with that crap in the public schools. You're actually here to learn something like how to write, how to read, and how to be a critical thinker. Uh, you're supposed to learn certain things about civics, about the different branches of government of the United States, the legislative, the executive, the judiciary, Articles 1, 2, 3 in the Constitution of the United States. That's what you should be learning. Not him, they, them, zim, zam, whatever is my pronoun. That's just a ridiculous waste of time. Bathroom mandates. People who enter bathrooms designed for the opposite sex in public buildings. This is in public buildings could face trespass charges if they don't exit the bathroom when asked. In other words, hey, You're a guy. What are you doing in the women's bathroom? Get the hell out of here. So in certain bathrooms that are owned by the state of Florida, uh, they can get booted out. Remember, Obama did this a number of years ago. Yeah, he pushed a rule through the public school system to allow other sexes access to bathrooms. And that's when it started. That's when all this nonsense started in the, in the public discourse. Thank you again, Obama. No thank you. All right, let's move on to our next uh, story, which is fake Bud Light commercials. And I love this because what has happened recently with the uh, Dylan Mulvaney fiasco disaster, let's blow up the Bud Light brand is that there are now a number of fake commercials, parody commercials. They're intentionally fake. They're comedy. They're parody. 
And they sound like a real commercial, but they're not a real commercial, okay? In fact, a couple weeks ago, Bud Light or, or Anheuser-Busch uh, came out with a commercial, you know, here's our horse, it's riding all around the country, and, and uh, let's just reassert those wonderful values we did 20 years ago when you actually liked our brand. And uh, so I'm not, we're not going to listen to that one because it's very visual and uh, it won't make sense just in an audio format. Let's listen to these two commercials. Uh, they're uh, parody Bud Light commercials, and they're, they're designed, um, formatted like the original. Uh, you, may have, you may remember these commercials. They were great, the Real American Heroes uh, series of commercials. These are in that same vein uh, the Real American Heroes. We're going to listen to two spots. They're 30-second spots, and they're, they're designed for both TV and radio, so it's gonna, I think it's going to work here. The first one is done by Black Powder Papa. It was released on April 3rd, 2023. You can see it on YouTube. And the second one was done by the Expert Lip Reader, and that one had almost 600,000 views. And that was released on April 4th, 2023. So let's listen to the first uh, spot. We'll pause and then we'll listen to the second one. Here we go with cut number two. Real American Heroes. Today we salute you, Mr. Budweiser Head of Marketing Guy. Only you could take a beer and make it queer. Oh, no. 20 years of amazing ad campaigns. And this is where we end up. Not gonna buy it. What the f***? were you thinking well there you go we're not gonna buy it a vp marketing guy at uh, budweiser yeah really screwed up the brand and we're not gonna buy it i mean it, it, it kind of says it all right there and of course budweiser sales have been tanking anywhere between 25 and 30 percent depending on what region of america Let's take a listen to the second spot. It, this is the one put out by Expert Lip Reader, and uh, you can find it on YouTube. Almost 600,000 views on this. Uh, this is great. Real American Heroes. Today, we salute you, former Budweiser drinkers of America. Together, you've sworn to never drink another drop of Bud Light or any other beer from Anheuser-Busch. Ancient history. Sure, it might taste like piss from a hamster, but it gave us a cheap buzz. Oh. And a cheap buzz is exactly what we've needed over the last two years. You said it, brother. So while there might be a tear in your beer and a hole in your heart, hold your heads high and know that today is a new day and there's other beers in the sea. That's right. There's other beers in the sea. And I just discovered that Yangling is one of the oldest beers brewed in America and that it's still America and uh, it's still American company. It hasn't sold out like Budweiser did. Budweiser sold out to a uh, multinational company uh, that is in Europe. Well, kind of that explains it all. I believe it was in 2008 and, and whoa. The fact that they're going woke uh, is really not any surprise uh, because of who they are. They're not an American company anymore. Of course, they have Americans working for them in the United States, but do you think they're happy? 
Do you think that the Budweiser distributors are happy that sales are going down and they may lose their jobs? There may be a restructuring. No, they're not happy. Happy. I hope they get hired by Yingling and these other companies that are not woke uh, in the uh, beer wars that are taking place. So check it out. There are fake Budweiser ads out there. They are quite funny. And um, of course, look, uh, sometimes they're a bit crude. We had to use the uh, beep in the uh, appropriate place. Uh, when you listen to it on YouTube, the beep isn't there. But uh, this is a family program, folks. You, you know what's going on. You, you know what was behind that beep. Humor has been used historically. It's been used historically to make a rhetorical point. Uh, humor was used uh, in newspapers before there was any such thing as the interweb or radio or television, the history of newspaper and especially newspaper political cartoons, and they would, they would just devastate one side or the other. And so it was this satirical humor that was used, and it's been used for years, for, for hundreds of years, uh, in order to make a point, to make a rhetorical point and to humiliate, use humiliation to attack the other side. Humor, the, another point about humor is that it can travel very quickly. We're, we're sometimes cogent and reasoned discourse. Uh, it's just left buried uh, under the dose of daily media. Humor has this ability to just cut through, just, just you know, Cut through the, the 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 gunk. Cut through the the slog uh, of the daily media madness. And uh, if you're moved emotionally, and uh, psychologists know this, if you're moved emotionally, then and there's an emotion attached to an idea, an emotion attached to a thought, an emotion uh, attached to a frame of view, a worldview, then. It's very, very powerful, very, very powerful. And humor, humor is able to do this uh, in, in, a, in, a, in a certain way that um, is very impactful. And finally, the, the political left, they know this. They, and look, they've known this for years and they've done a much better job in terms of they've done a much more effective job than the the right or the right of center or the politically conservative. Uh, I, I don't even like to say Republican because there's a lot of rhinos out there. So Republican is kind of losing its meaning uh, in terms of values and what they stand for. I'd rather say right of center. What the, what the commercial was talking about, you know, real American values. That's found in the middle of America, in the heartland of America, where I live. Uh, the left knows how powerful humor is as as a way. It's it's sort of like um, think of it as a wave, and you and you put the ideas like like the ideas are on a surfboard, and they move on this wave, a wave of uh, humor, and the wave drives the idea into the beach. And the bigger the wave, the bigger the laugh the stronger that idea gets driven into the beach. And uh, that's what they want. They want beachheads of thought bombs coming towards us. Well, look, consider the fact that late night TV during the entire Trump presidency was a constant fire hose of anti-Trump jokes. 
Interesting that Jay Leno doesn't approve of it. In fact, Jay Leno has spoken out and said that uh, he really doesn't enjoy late night TV anymore and that there's just an overdose of political humor. Pretty interesting. So now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish this up and just kind of driving home the point of how powerful comedy is and how comedy can actually be used uh, in order to come against uh, evil. It actually, it, it can be used in the other direction to come against evil. And hopefully these uh, uh, parody uh, ads that are coming out regarding uh, Bud Light are, are beginning to uh, counteract. Well, this is interesting. Back in 2006, if you remember that um, there was a movie that came out called The Producers, okay? And it was a comedy, The Producers, and it was set at the end of the 1950s. It was on Broadway, and it was about a Nazi musical that breaks box office records. Of course, it's absurd. Yeah, the whole idea is absurd, but that's, that's Mel Brooks. Uh, it shows a dancing and singing Hitler. And so uh, in this interview, which was March 16, 2006, put out by Spiegel International, with comedy, we can rob Hitler of his post posthumous power. Spiegel asks, can you also get a revenge on Hitler, or him, meaning Hitler, by using comedy? Mel Brooks answers, yeah, absolutely. Of course, it's impossible to take revenge for six million murdered Jews. But by using the medium of comedy, okay, this is what we want to highlight here, folks. By using the medium of comedy, we can try to rob Hitler of his posthumous power and myths. So many people continue to study dictators after death. But how do you minimize their power after death? And what, what Mel Brooks was saying is you can use humor to do that. He says, in doing so, we should remember that Hitler did have some talents. He was able to fool an entire population into letting him be their leader. Let's continue with the interview with Brooks. And Brooks says, however, this role was basically a few numbers too great for him but he simply covered over this, dis, this deficiency. Spiegel says, was he a good actor? Brooks says, oh yeah, he convinced many millions of Germans. It's not without good reason that comedy's about, in other words, he convinced many millions of Germans to trust him. He was elected. Keep in mind, Hitler was elected before he went absolutely insane and tried to take over all of Europe and killed six million Jews and millions of other people. He was elected. It's not without good reason that comedies about Hitler often concern actors who should play him. But think about Charlie Chaplin's The Great Dictator, 1940. Ah, Chaplin was doing the same thing. He was making fun of Hitler in 1940. Or Ernst, Ernst Lub... I, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Ernst Lubitsch? Okay, I'm not going to try it again. Put out a film, To Be or Not To Be, in 1942. There's no doubt about it. Hitler worked in, some, in the same branch as we do. He created illusions. 
So, yes, Hitler created illusions, he created narratives, he created this idea of the Third Reich, of something that would last a millennium, of a superior race, and he created this illusion that they were going to take over the world. And so, yes, in, in, <clears throat> Mel Brooks is saying in a certain sense he was an actor, he was on a stage, and yes... He was on a stage. He was on a monumental stage. And there were films, and he had a film uh, producer that made multiple films about him that just made him bigger than life when actually he was kind of a short guy. That's why he always stood up in the car when he uh, went uh, down uh, the street in parades because he was small. He was short. Sort of had a Napoleon complex. So, moving on, and uh, yes, so comedy can be used. Comedy can be used as a weapon. Mel Brooks was ahead of his time in 2006, and we're now only just waking up how to use it as a weapon against the woke mob. Well, folks, thank you again for listening to Narrative Wars. We want to give a shout out to our many listeners, both in the United States and in other countries. Shout out to Canada, the UK, a number of other countries. Uh, thank you for joining us. Hey, if you want to um, send in some uh, uh, information about what's going on, in terms of Canada and the United States, you can uh, do that at feedback at narrativewars.org and we'll take a look at that. You can also find our webpage on Podbean with links to all your favorite podcasting apps. Just go to narrativewars.org. Hey, tell a friend. Tell a friend. That's narrativewars.org. This will take you to our webpage where you can access past shows along with links to your favorite podcasting apps. Please, when you get on those podcasting apps, five-star rate, follow, and tell a friend. We really appreciate it. All right, let's move on. And what have we got coming up next? Well, CNN draws criticism after a controversial town hall with Trump. In fact, it's so funny. The meltdown that's occurring uh, over CNN. Of course, CNN has been going bankrupt. They've been firing people. They're not bankrupt quite yet, unfortunately. But they're, they've been going down the tubes for years. Uh, that's one thing. And Trump, when he was president, he said, CNN really, uh, CNN ha should be thanking Trump for their prosperity. Because every time Trump was on the uh, Communist News Network, uh, the ratings were, were just in the stratosphere. Trump knew it. CNN knew it. CNN's been tanking. Uh, they've been bleeding. And uh, they tried a streaming service, which only lasted for not even two months. Oh, that didn't work. Lost a few million dollars there, multi-million dollars. Well, there's all kinds of criticism about CNN having a town hall with Trump. Of course, the ratings were fantastic. And CNN's really happy about that. But the left-wing They've been tearing out their hair. Hey, let's take a listen to this. The, the cut is a little bit long, so we may be 
pausing and making a few comments in the midst of it. But uh, we're going to get through this. Actually, this is uh, it, you, you're going to you're going to hear a little bit of CNN, but this was uh, uh, from the town hall meeting. I just want to set it up for you properly. But what we're going to listen to is a, is a cut from Washington Week, and it was on PBS May 12, 2023. And it's very interesting because they're going to show their true colors. Uh, these are uh, completely biased uh, talking heads at PBS, Public Bat Broadcasting System. And uh, so uh, let's listen to this cut. CNN courted controversy and fierce debate this week after former President Donald Trump headlined its latest live primetime town hall, Trump's first of the 2024 election cycle. Despite moderator Caitlin Collins's best efforts to fact check Mr. Trump in real time, he used questions from her and an audience of Republican New Hampshire voters to repeat many of his familiar false claims. Some of their exchanges, like this one about the 2024 election results, revealed Trump's willingness to undermine the nation's election integrity. Will you commit to accepting the results of the election regardless of the outcome? The woman answered again. If I think it's an honest election, I would be honored to. But no commitment there on the accepting the results regardless of the if, outcome. If it's an honest election, correct, uh, I would. Okay, so not committing to accepting the 2024 election results. So, yeah, they're doubling down on Trump bad, orange man bad, because he didn't accept the results. Folks, Americans have such a short memory. Do you remember the election with George Bush and Mr. Al Gore? You remember him. He's the guy that invented the Internet. Well, not really, but that was out there. Al Gore, to this day, denies that Bush won that election. It took an entire month and there was all this flipper flap about hanging chads and hanging chads. It had to go up to the Supreme Court in order to finally be decided. Now, in this election, the, the, the one that Trump lost to Biden crime family syndicate in in this election the supreme court just decided no we don't want to be a repeat of that we don't want to be deciding national elections and so they passed there were a number of cases that came up to the supreme court and trump didn't lose those cases they were dismissed they were just dismissed so that's not losing the case because the case was never presented the facts never came out they basically just said, no, we're not going to hear that case. And look, the Supreme Court has hundreds of hundreds of cases that are presented to them every year. They don't take all those cases. So that's an interesting fact. But again, it's this doubling down. God, they love to do this. This doubling down on, there's something wrong with you, Mr. Trump. Orange man bad. You just keep denying. How about Hillary Clinton when she lost to Trump? For years, she was denying it, going on the talk shows, going around the country, making speeches, denying the fact that she lost. In fact, it's well known that when she got the news and she was backstage, that she screamed at the top of her lungs and went bananas. She, she, her eyes popped out of her head and she went sort of full-blown Beetlejuice mode to her staff. And that's why it took quite some time for her to finally come out and 
put the eyes back, comb the hair, and, and say, okay, yeah, I guess I lost. But she denied it. She continued to deny it and went around the country. So, look, there have been contested elections ever since there's been the United States of America. This sort of thing is part of the history of, of our country. So this whole, you know, orange man bad, orange man bad, because he won't say that it was a fair election. Uh, no, red flag on the field. That's, that's just, that's not a part of the history of America. That's, that's no, no, we're not. <laughs> that's just dumbing down the electorate. I think that all of us here tonight uh, can agree that no one says we should not cover the former president. Uh, but media outlets, Dan, are reevaluating how to cover the former president. What do you think our role, the press, plays in defending democracy? Well, we play an important role. I mean, we, we are, you know, we are protected by the First Amendment to hold government to account and to hold government officials to account. Uh, and part of that is protecting democratic institutions. So that's a lie because the Constitution of the United States, just read it. It says we have a Republican form of government. We don't have a democracy. We have a Republican form of government. Now, keep in mind, that is not a reference to the Republican Party at all. It means that we have a constitutional republic. That's how it works. A democracy is nothing more than mob rule. We have a system where we elect people to represent us, and those people vote on our behalf. That is a constitutional republic. So these talking heads at Washington Week, PBS, Public Broadcasting System, they're lying to you. We don't have a democracy We've never had a democracy, and we don't have a dem democratic form of government, folks. We have a constitutional republic, and it's in the Constitution of the United States of America. It says a republican form of government, meaning, as I just said, constitutional republic. So, more lies, more untruths. We continue. Um, I think the challenge with President Trump, and I, and I think that what happened on Wednesday night was unfortunate, was that it was as though we unlearned the lessons that we thought we had learned from 2016 and 2020 in his time in the White House. Um, yes, he's the leading candidate for the Republican nomination. That means we have to cover him in some way or another. Um, but I thought that this event elevated him in ways that was unnecessary, particularly at this point in the cycle. I mean, we're, we're in May 2023, um, and I thought that CNN gave him more of a platform than they needed to do, and with a format that, in, in essence, favors the candidate rather than, you know, Caitlin Collins, who did a very, had a very tough job and worked at it throughout the, the 70 minutes of it. So Caitlin Collins was supposed to be favored? Who... Who the, you know what, cares about Caitlin Collins? <laughs> Look, classic journalism says that the reporter is not the story. The talking head is not the story. But no, Dan says, hey, well, uh, unfortunately, uh, this CNN town hall, it favored uh, President Trump. 
over Caitlin Collins. What has she ever accomplished? Was she ever elected as the president of the United States? Look, there's a very small group of people who have ever been elected as the president of the United States. Look, if you could, if you could, uh, if they, if they were all still alive, it's less than 50 people. You know, they can fit in a, oh, I don't know, medium-sized room, a little larger than a medium-sized room. That's not a lot of people. Less than 50 people. Trump was 45. So, uh, <laughs> oh, it's, you, you, didn't, you, you didn't favor Caitlin. Poor Caitlin. Caitlin's not the story. These people are so arrogant. These talking heads. I don't even know why public financing goes to a Washington Week and the public broadcasting system because it has become the left-wing broadcasting system. Uh, if, if it was up to me, not a single dollar would go to these uh, morons at PBS. But that's the case for another story. So, hey, look, you doubted me. Did you doubt me? Article 4, relationships between the states. Article 4, Section 4, the Constitution of the United States. It says, Republican form of government. Quote, the United States shall guarantee to every state in this union a Republican form of government and shall protect each of them against invasion and on application of the legislature or the executive when the legislature cannot be convened against domestic violence. So we have a Republican form of government, meaning we have a constitutional republic. They have stolen words from the English language and they have redefined words. We do not have a democracy. Shout it from the housetops, people. We do not have a democratic form of government. No, just remember this. If, if you don't, don't have any other takeaway from today's program, remember Article 4, Section 4, Constitution. That's, pre that's pretty dang easy. 44. Article 4, Section 4, and the subtitle of Article 4, Section 4 is Republican Form of Government. Gotta love it. Hey, listen, uh, we're going to continue. Uh, there's a, a bit more here with uh, the uh, talking head morons at Washington Week. Look, they, they are just, they're, they're losing their minds. Why? Because Trump is... He is Reagan 2.0. He is so effective at communicating. And uh, uh, some are saying that CNN should be renamed as TNN, the Trump network. It's, it's really funny. It's really, anyway, anyway. Okay, let's continue. Um, I, my own view is on this, that we need to be quite restrained in the way we approach Trump's candidacy, that we do not treat any event like a big event. We've, we've been successful on that for many of his rallies. We don't cover the rallies in the way we did before. So we've been successful in downplaying the rallies, um, you know, like what they do on the internet when uh, conservatives are tweeting around a lot of stuff 
um, you know, on, on Twitter or, or, or other social media apps, they throttle it back. You know, we don't, we don't want those people to, to, to share their conservative values. So, so the woke companies throttle them back. Here's a talking head at PBS admitting, admitting on purpose that they don't want to cover rallies because they have an ideological opposition to the president of the United States being able to talk to the country. They still call him President Trump. He always will be President Trump, even if he's in office, in or out of office. Thank you. Uh, He has the bully pulpit. He has the large megaphone. Okay? Just use whatever description descriptor you want. He is the great communicator. 2.0. Ronald Reagan (laughs) 2.0. And they're going, they're losing their minds and they're admitting. I mean, they're they got their backs against the wall. Well, we tried to throw them down. You know, we, you know, those rallies he had are really effective. There's tens of thousands of people, thousands and thousands filling stadiums, and they're out in the no, we don't want to show those pictures. That's why Trump would always say, Hey, turn the cameras around, fake news. Because there's a lot of people here and we're, we're we're unified. We're unified in saying we don't want to take this crap anymore. Um, but I think, again, what happened on Wednesday night was a reminder that he is a different kind of candidate than we've ever dealt with before and that his anti-democratic views are ones that we have to, A, be aware of. Anti-democratic views. There it is again. Yeah. Yeah, he's against the communists in the Democrat Party, but he's not against the Constitution, which is a Republican form of government. You know, I, I just have to, I'm sorry, I got to keep breaking in and fact-checking this nonsense from Talking Head, Washington Week, PBS guy. Continue to bring to the forefront of people uh, and also not give him undue attention to talk about no, we don't want to let the former president of the United States, the, the front runner, the one who is like blowing out everybody else in the Republican Party who's thinking about running for president, just blowing them out of the water. We don't want to cover that person. Uh, it seems like that's newsworthy. It seems like that meets the traditional uh, definition of what is newsworthy that millions and millions of people Half the country, perhaps, is talking about this person, and he might become the president of the United States again. He may become reelected, but no, we don't want to talk about him. Hey, they can't understand how a billionaire can have such a wide appeal. They refuse to admit that the Republican Party has become the party of the common man, and the Democrat Party has become the party of the snob, elitist, one-world-order tyrants. Tyrants that want to advance eugenics and enslave mankind. I don't understand why why people don't want to vote for Democrats. I mean, I think it's great that uh, uh, that Democrats are uh, eugenicists and uh, want to kill millions of people all over the. You know, hey, take the jab. Take, here you go. Here you go. Oh, look, 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 they're falling. They're dying suddenly. Not a problem, according to Bill Gates, who wants to see the population drop. Not a problem. Hey, Trump is his own greatest PR spokesperson. Caitlin Collins committed the highest sin 
in the left-wing circles. What does she do? She humanized Trump. In other words, Trump has a wide appeal to the common man. And just by giving Trump a, a uh, platform, by giving him the microphone, by letting him spontaneously co uh, communicate with the people. <laughs> I love it. There was a question from the crowd that was, you know, what are you going to do to uh, help the economy? And, and he had a three-word response. Uh, you know, this was a mom that's saying, hey, there's inflation and, and things are getting expensive and I'm just trying to feed my family and I'm a mom and I got kids and uh, what are you going to do? And generally you'd expect blah, 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 blah from a politician. But no, Trump spiked the ball. Three words. Drill, baby, drill. Yeah. Drill, baby, drill. It, uh, look, it's self-explanatory. Hey, looking back we're going we're gonna to wrap this up pretty soon, this conversation about Trump spiking the ball at the CNN town hall that happened recently. But Jimmy Fallon made a similar mistake by humanizing Donald Trump. This was back in September 16 of 2016. So it was before the election that Trump won that put him into the White House. What did Jimmy Fallon do? Jimmy Fallon humanized Trump and he was severely criticized. Oops, he made the same mistake. Or shall I say, uh, Caitlin Collins made the same mistake that Jimmy Fallon did. Jimmy Fallon had Trump on the show and, and he made a comment about Trump's hair. Is it real? Is that, is that real hair? And Trump said, oh, you can touch it. Jimmy Fallon put his hands on Trump's quaff and and touched it and rubbed it around and messed it up. And, and uh, yeah, it was real. Wasn't a toupee. It was a real deal. Yeah, it was a little messy and Trump didn't worry about it. He, 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 he kind of used his hands and re-straightened it. In that moment, in that classic moment, Trump was humanized. And hey, look, he's, he's, he's an average guy. He's got hair. Why is this a big revelation? He's got hair. And he can have a bad hair day. Okay. Trump's ratings went through the roof. Jimmy Fallon was criticized all over left-wing media. Trump was already grabbing the hearts and minds of the heartland of America. Gotta love it. Hey, it's time for Dictionary Wars. And a couple episodes back in uh, Narrative Wars, we talked about these creepy acronyms that are out there and circulating AFAB and AMAB. Now, uh, I do apologize because I should have blown them out of the water and, uh, and, but we're going to do that right now. AFAB, AMAB, if you remember, assign female at birth, assign male at birth. Well, hey, gays and trans people are the ones that created this. They're pushing this nonsense on 99% of Americans that say, hell no, by pretending that humans can assign a gender at birth and then reassign a gender later in life, what are gray, gays and trans people doing? Well, they're substituting humans for God. Well, especially the trans people are doing that. Now, apparently, the lesbians are okay with, with being women, and uh, so they're not even buying this stuff, and the trans people are now attacking the lesbians by saying, you, you can't be a woman. Uh, but that's another conversation. So the trans people are trying to substitute humans for God. 
because God created only two genders. Americans need to push back on this assault against common sense and attack against human dignity and existence. If Americans give into this gender fluidity narrative, then not only will this signal the end of America, it'll usher in the end of the human race as we know it. And I, I just got, I love Jordan Peterson because he just said, this is subject of nonsense. This is absolute nonsense. Thank you, Jordan Peterson. Remember, humans are created in the image of God when humans try to redefine the image of God in terms of gender fluidity, then what happens? We cease to become humans. Jordan Peterson sees this. He asserts that talking to a trans activist is like talking literally to a two-year-old. In other words, it's impossible to have a reasonable conversation with people that hold to this demonic worldview at, of gender fluidity. And you will notice that there are a number of, well, we'll just kind of wrap it up with this, this nonsense about AFAB and AMAB. Yes, they've pushed it in a number of blue states where, in fact, the state that I have a lot of friends in, they passed a law that says, hey, you can just go back and erase your gender at birth and change it to something else as an adult. Well, I'm saying no red flag on the field. We don't agree with that sort of false narrative, that lie here at Narrative Wars. All right. I told you we had a packed show. Uh, Fox News, of course, has suffered ratings bloodbath after Tucker Carlson ousted. Okay, this is a story that was on Yahoo News, uh, Brittany Bernstein, May 5th, 2023. Now, we have talked about Tucker leaving, but what's especially interesting about this is comments uh, from Megan Kelly. So let's take a listen to this. They've lost almost two-thirds of the audience that helps pay their bills. They're left with about a third of their audience. I mean, that's stunning. And I looked up and down the board at the rest of the primetime, which with all due respect to the daytime, is all anyone gives a shit about over there at Fox News. The primetime pays the bills, period. They're all down. Um, just did a, qu a quick calculation. The 9 p.m. demo, which of course is Hannity, he follows Tucker, is down almost 40%. Down 39%. The 10 p.m. down 24% in the demo, down almost 20% in the total. And I could go on. The 11% got, the 11 o'clock got hurt too. Greg Gutfeld, he was averaging, um, 17.45 a night in the overall. Now he's down to 15.86. He was averaging 2.58 in the demo. Now he's down to 2.07. And that's the least hurt hour. All the others are down double digits. They have lost repeatedly to MSNBC. Oh, this is great news, folks. And so she's using uh, Nielsen Ratings uh, jargon, industry jargon, when she's talking about the demo, she's talking about demographics. And yes, they still look at men, women, and age. And so there's a magic demo. I believe it's 18 to 35 in that range. Uh, but there's a magic demo that advertisers all want. They want that. Why? Because there's a lot of spending power in there, especially with the women. The women are very powerful in, in terms of brand loyalty and spending, and they, they want to reach that, that magic demo. And so she nailed it. She said, hey, the, the, 
they don't really give a rip. Uh, I don't think that's the word she used, but they don't really give a rip about the, the uh, ratings during the day because the ratings during the day don't pay the bills. Why? Because most people are out and they're working uh, their their uh, uh, nine to five jobs. So it's when people come home. That's the magic hour. We call it uh, prime time, seven to ten. Okay. That is the magic hour, especially the 8 o'clock slot. That's where Tucker Carlson's show was. And Fox News is just tanking two-thirds ratings drop. And they're losing to MSLED, uh, MSLSD, MSLSD, I think. Yeah, that's what it is. Fox News is just another in a parade of woke companies that's now going broke. Bud Light made the same mistake. Oh, too bad. Too bad. Customer loyalty is very important. You don't want to poke the eye of your most loyal customers. And uh, there were a lot of people that really enjoyed Carlson. Tucker Carlson was, it's amazing. It's like he was carrying Fox. They're all tanking, including Hannity. Hey, Megyn Kelly was quite clear. Uh, And uh, of course, she used to work at Fox. Um, we can only hope, let's see how this plays out. We're going to stand together, stand together, Patriots, stop watching Fox. Can I make this any clearer? And it's really funny because I had a next door neighbor that I talked to, uh, a number of years ago. Um, actually not really a next door neighbor. Just somebody I met in the in the neighborhood or in the state. I can't even remember where the conversation was. But the, the person says, yeah, I'm conservative and I watch Fox. Okay. Yeah, right. All right. That, so you, you're, you're a credentialed conservative now because you watch Fox. Well, what I'm saying now is that we should take notice. Two-thirds of the Fox audience has now exited. Keep it up. Exit, exit for good, go somewhere else. There's a red flag on the field. Fox has shown their true loyalty to the left-wing values. Uh, like I said, even Hannity can't hang on to his audience. There are other choices out there. Folks, little commercial here. Real American Voices, great alternative. It's a streaming service. You can download the app. You can get it on your smart TV, your, your uh, Apple, your Roku or your phone. There's OAN, there's Newsmax, and there's dozens of other sources out there for news and information uh, on freedom-friendly Rumble. If you haven't checked out Rumble, check them out. Dan Bongino left YouTube, ah, I think it's a little over a year ago. He's got over a million viewers on Rumble. So Rumble is really doing great, and they don't censor uh, freedom content. Vote with your pocketbook, folks. Cancel your subscription to cable TV. Purchase streaming apps. You can still get local TV on a number of these streaming apps. If you want to watch local news, it's still possible. You can drop Fox News forever. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Just kick that little fox in the tail. Let the Murdochs, the Australian family that owns Fox if Australian family that doesn't give a rippity flippity do about American values, let the Murdochs know that you're not going to take it anymore and you're not going to support their woke news network. Bye-bye.
Hey, well, thank you for joining us uh, for this episode of Narrative Wars. We kind of set you up and told you we're going to try out a new format and that we also had a really packed show today, and we did. So thank you for sticking with us. And we're going to wrap it up here with a couple of closing thoughts. We're constantly tweaking our new format here at Narrative Wars in order to deliver the best high-quality non-woke news and cultural commentary in the podcast space. And in response to that, we're going to add a few closing thoughts to today's program. So here we go. At times we wonder about ourselves as Americans. We even struggle to answer the question, what's an American? Or better yet, what are the core values that hold us together as a nation? I remember years ago when I was a professor of communication studies, the university that I was teaching at held a multicultural day on the campus mall. There were many booths, and of course there were students from other nations because a third of the students at this particular university were non-U.S. students. That was fine. So that's why they have these multicultural days at this particular university. There were many booths with fascinating samples of sights, sounds, foods, and sometimes colorful ethnic attire. And it was something that I was looking forward to. There was one booth in particular that I was drawn to. It was the USA booth. There didn't seem to be a lot of interest from students as they walked past this booth. The people in the booth were mostly from Texas, and they dressed appropriately with hats, booths, and such. They were very friendly, and I appreciated that they were there to represent the USA. Of course, the USA booth could have also featured great American inventors. The Founding Fathers, the Constitution, the vastness of America, our national parks, or perhaps something about the history of the aviation and the Wright brothers. Well, don't get me wrong. I appreciated that the Texas students stepped up to the plate, and they did. In fact, the Texas students set the example for the students from other states. Hey, the students from other states which were attending the university, they could have joined. They could have shared together the vastness and the variety of what the 50 stars and the American flag represent. I wish they had done this because there were a lot of students, again, a third of the student body was from other nations. They learned about Texas, but there's 49 other states. And so there's a lot there uh, to understand, to share about the United States of America. Again, the Texas students, I'm so thankful that they were there. If they weren't there, there wouldn't have even been a USA booth at all. Well, looking at today's program and looking back at the multicultural day on the campus where I used to be a professor, it dawned on me that we still have certain unifying values in America. That same value that Sam Houston had in Texas that unified Texas into a republic and beat Santa Ana in April of 1836. What are some of those values, you ask? Values we hold so dear in America? How about e pluribus unum? Out of many, one. Americans have an independent and self-determined spirit. That same spirit once birthed a nation, and it unified 13 colonies. Americans are independent, and yet, paradoxically, out of many, we are still one. 
It's that paradoxical glue that holds us together as a nation. We shook off the restraint of tyrannical nation, England, and then we did it a second time when Andrew Jackson defeated the British in the Battle of New Orleans in 1815. Americans don't like being told that a foreign entity wants to rule over them. That's clear. We said no to England. We said no to Mexican. Americans don't like being told how to think. We don't like being told that we must embrace a trans lifestyle by drinking a rebranded beer that's owned by a European multinational corporation. Americans don't like it when our sources of news and information are nothing more than propaganda outlets for the new globalist overlords of Davos and the World Economic Forum. Americans don't like it when the Australian-owned Fox Corporation has crushed independent journalism and traded it in for left-leaning, controlled opposition fake news. The fifth-generation narrative wars we're currently fighting are just as deadly as the war of independence that Washington fought at the inception of this nation. If Americans submit their minds, give up critical thinking, and allow the political left and the globalist DEI woke mob to steal and redefine the words in our minds, then our thinking will change. And once thinking changes, we'll lose our American independent spirit and desire for self-determination as a nation. We'll cease to be unified as a people. E pluribus unum will fade into the historical twilight. The light on Reagan's city on a hill will dwindle. We'll cheer up. That's not going to happen on our watch, and that's why we've got narrative wars, folks, to push back against the woke mob and the mainstream media madness. Well, I agree with Jordan Peterson, who recently said, you don't own my tongue in other words, woke activists, I'm not going to cave to your gender-fluid ideology. There's only two God-given genders. I'm not going to cave to your diversity, equity, and inclusion nonsense. DEI just advances an agenda of racism, segregation, and the balkanization of America. I'm not going to appease the false woke narrative by being silent. I'm going to speak out against gender mutilation therapy and drag queen story hour. Woke activists, you're not going to groom and pervert the children of America. The children are created in the image of God. We don't live in the unshackled Hobbesian Leviathan nightmare where passions and desires are both unrestrained and the government exists to protect the passions, sexual perversion of a society that champions child trafficking, sodomy, ad infinitum. Americans and citizens of other countries that are listening to my voice, what we're experiencing now is an Alamo of the mind. It may appear that we're losing the battle, but be of good cheer. Just as the spirit of 1776, the Alamo in Texas, and the Battle of New Orleans has taught us that Americans are committed to self-determination and independence. The woke mob 
cannot break our minds, our will, our independent spirit, and our trust in an almighty God to defend our freedoms that were purchased so long ago on so many fields of blood. Thank you for joining us and listening to this episode of Narrative Wars. You can be part of this program. Just email us at feedback at narrativewars.org. That's feedback at narrativewars.org. Remember to please five-star rate, like, and share the program with a friend. Just go to narrativewars.org. That's narrativewars.org, where you're going to find links to all your favorite podcasting apps. Thank you. We truly appreciate your support. You are the reason that we do this program. I'm your host of Narrative Wars, Dr. Jeffrey K. Lyons. And until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. We the people are sick and tired. So tired.